I think a lot of the reason we don't take risk is almost because people don't want to deal with the responsibility that's on the other side of risk going well. Because if you take a risk and it comes off, that's not the end of it. You've probably got a lot more responsibility then to deal with because you've mm. built something bigger. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. I'm pleased to say that this podcast is brought to you in association with Lodge Court, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences, and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Lodge Court, and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So, focus on what you do best and let Logical deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored, flexible monthly routine package that is right for you and your people. Please do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Carl Hewitt on the show. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to you, Carl. Well, thank you very much, Julia. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm very well. Good to see you and uh, or good to hear you anyway. Um, uh, we, we are having some challenges, uh, recording this, but, um, part of the stuff we'll be talking with you is how we overcome and adapt. And that's what we're doing right now. So you are the managing director at Hewitt Matthews, a paid media, media agency and wave agency. And we will be exploring the story of your business and, uh, the challenges and how you overcome them from a mindset and resilience uh, point of view. Uh, but before we get into that, conversation i'd love to know what you love about what you do i think what i love about what i do is there's so many things i could say but for me it's the fact it's always changing there's always something new and there's always a new way to apply it it's a an industry that never stands still and so uh, there's always opportunity there is what that means for us and i think that's for me the most exciting thing um as we've seen in, in recent weeks with various developments in, in marketing, AI, web. Um, there's always something new going on that keeps it interesting. And yeah, life is uncertain. And, you know, if anything people have learned in the last three years, uh, it, it's incredibly uncertain. And that means we have to, you know, we plan things, but things often don't always go as planned. And um, I'm interested to find out a bit more about you because you're – say relatively young compared to myself. Uh, and that's why I'm not saying that in the sense of you are, uh, but you were 15 years old when you started your first business, which is um, pretty awesome. And I, I just wanted to go back to that point when you were 15 and and uh, A, why did you start at such a young age? And and just, just give me some examples of some of the challenges you faced uh, at 15 years old. Yeah, of course. So I think for me, um, I was always and still am awful with with traditional education and the way that that's structured and the way that we are taught in schools. And I think one of the things that's always stuck in my head was someone said to me once about how you look at the innovation and change and progression in how we do everything in our day-to-day life from even ironing clothes now, you know, you plug something into the wall, gets it done really quickly, or you've got cooking, just everyday things day to day, but teaching is still the same of someone stands in the front and talks at you and you write it down and you memorize it and try and remember it in a short space of time and write it back down on paper so they can, they can assess you. And, um, I was awful with that. I never understood 
why we were doing that, why we were learning the things we were learning. No one seemed to be able to justify it to me. And so I kind of just started to switch off a bit and, you know, got through and, and got okay grades and stuff. But I found myself really, really um, excited and enthusiastic about different business ideas, about um, things I was passionate around where I'd happily spend all evening till two, three in the morning learning stuff in the way that I liked to learn. Um, and I think that's really where it came about for me was just in, in one of those um, moments where I'd spent that time, it was late in the evening, I was learning about something I loved. I thought, you know what, I think I really want to start a business because then I can, I'm in control of what I want to do with it. Um, and I can learn what I want to learn and apply what I want to apply, choose which areas of that are valuable and which ones I don't think are, and then kind of let the market decide, I guess. Um, and for me, that was really exciting. So that was, I think, the moment where I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. And um, my first, first business, if you like, where I thought I might be able to make some money was I taught myself how to disassemble Xbox controllers and just take off the casing, but keeping all the electrical elements intact, spray paint and customize that for whatever you wanted, and then put it all back together again. And so that was what I started to sell with these customized controllers to, to uh, friends and, and various people. And then um, that was my, yeah baptism into the business world i suppose and uh, you know starting so young i mean you must have you know obviously, you obviously living at home all the sort of financial burdens weren't there but there must have been other challenges being so young so i know you went on to make other businesses as well creating other businesses you know mm. being so uh, i suppose inexperienced in some sense in the business world um what were some examples of those um i guess challenges or things that you faced yeah, so I think with that first business, it was very small, very quick, and and just a my first attempt, I suppose. And as you say, when we went on to then, um, I tried to start a clothing brand at college. I'd started the business running um, marketing workshops for small companies in the local area at college as well. So your sort of butchers, hairdressers, etc., how to use social media um, properly. And then we came on to create what's now Hewitt Matthews, the, the marketing and web agency, and. One of the huge challenges of being young is you'd think it would be um, the perception of people in, in industry, sort of, you know, these guys, are, we, were, we were 17, 18 when we started uh, the marketing agency. You know, these guys are, are teenagers, they don't know what they're doing, don't talk to them. But actually what it was, was starting out in that with zero network at all. And also, as you rightly pointed out, no experience as to how the nuances of of business work yet and um i remember going to my first ever proper meeting and uh didn't take any notepad no nothing with me no laptop kind of turned up for a chat i didn't really know what a meeting was <laughs> so um learned pretty quickly coming away from that i've got no idea what we talked about no record of it no idea what i've got to do um and so it's, it's things like that, that you, you come up against that i think you overlook if you started the business later in life and there's the challenges to both sides of it, but starting early, it was definitely the experience and, and expertise, but also the fact you don't know anyone yet. You are, you know, your college friends and that's it. And so when you look at someone who starts a business, maybe when they're in their thirties or forties and they've had some industry experience or whatever age, usually what you hear about is, well, I knew some good people, so they were my first customers. We, we knew no one. So our first customers was whoever would take a punt on 
two 17, 18-year-olds trying to start an agency. And that was a big challenge. And we're only six and a half years in, really. And that is a long time. But when you look at even if we started the business in our 30s, we still got a good way off. We're 25 now, me and my co-director. And, you know, we, we could have spent that time building a networking industry um, and then starting the company. We decided to put the, the horse before the cart, I think, and, um, <laughs> and do it the hard way. So that's been difficult. Well, you've obviously, you know, managed it because you've got, I say, a successful agency now. Were you aware of that sort of lack of network, lack of experience? And, and it's interesting that, you know, the whole the whole being young wasn't didn't go against you actually. I was quite that's quite good to hear actually. Um, but were you aware of that sort of, I suppose, that self awareness as as a as an individual or also as a as a company of your so as your areas you needed to develop on? Do you know what? I, I think it was pure naivety. Uh, we had no idea. We thought we love marketing. We know how it works. My, my co-director was a developer. He knew how that works. We kind of just thought, well, there's big agencies around. People are buying these services. And we just thought, well, let's give it a go. There wasn't much more factored in. Um, I'd love to say it was a very brave, bold move. And and uh, we carefully considered the risks and chose to do it anyway. But it was really a case of, well, we love this thing. Let's, let's try it and see what happens and see what we come up against. And so we didn't know um, that actually the majority of business owners had a great network and and that's how they get a lot of their first clients or whatever. So, or that they're massively funded. We, we knew none of that. We just thought we like building websites. We like marketing. We think we're all right at it for, for where we are. So um, <laughs> let's, let's go down that route. So no, in, in short, we, we weren't as self-aware as I'd like to claim we were. <laughs> <laughs> And and when you you started it, and after you started multiple businesses, was there any sense of, and this might be your your youthfulness, any sense of fear or anticipation, you know, or were you just excited, saw some sort of need, and you had a skill and you could do it? And what was your thinking about that when you started it all off? Yeah, again, you know, it was um, it was one of those things where when you look at the risk profile if you like of of setting up a business at that age it makes so much more sense to do it then than any other time and uh despite you know what may be the the common belief because we lived at home we were at college just about to move to uni i'd been um later accepted to a university as a russell group uni and um you know that's fine if the business didn't work and fell flat there was no real consequence. We would rebuild a anything career or reputational. You know, we were still way before any of that would really have had an impact long term anyway. Um, you know, we we weren't financially um, independent yet. We didn't need to pay for a mortgage or kids or uh, fuel in the car or anything like that. We were just sort of like, well, if it goes wrong, the only difference is we just don't run this business anymore. So, yeah, I think at the time it was. The risks were um, for us were very minimal, and it just made sense. And the feeling was just excitement of this is something different. And I think Reese is very similar to me. He did a a lot of he did an apprenticeship, much more vocational, kind of hands on learning. And so to be able to go hands on and run your own business, do it in your own way, and and learn the skills you want to learn and apply them in the way you want to apply them, we were just really excited to get going with that. And so 
there wasn't much apprehension or or nervousness. It was the case of yeah, just just looking forward to, to what it may have in store for us, I suppose. And and how are you now to risk when you start to look to grow your your business and start to you know expand it? What's your thought on risk now? That's a very good point, very good question. And in all honesty, we we started to scale and we started to get you know team members and staff, and you you have employees who are paying their mortgage or, or getting married, having a baby, and you know your company is at the moment responsible for that. And um, pays for that and so your risk appetite kind of decreases and um to your point about self-awareness i think about a year ago a year and a half ago um i said to reese look i think and reese is my my co-director i said look i think we're getting too safe we're we're willing to grow slower and scale slower because it feels safer and we're not taking as many risks and the reason we grew fast before was because we tried stuff and we took some risks and obviously they need to become more calculated as you go. Mm. But we did have that sort of period where our risk appetite was really blunted because we were nervous about anything going wrong. And that's really changed recently. We're, we're much more open to risk. We're, we're doing a lot more. We're trying a lot more. You know, we, we have a percentage of marketing budget just allocated to trying something new. And if there's not something new going on in our marketing new business, that's a real issue. We need to either be succeeding or failing at something. Otherwise, we're wasting time is kind of the, the deal. And um, we've come full circle on that and kind of got back into the, the seat of, of taking some more risk. But it did certainly drop down uh, for a little bit. We got comfortable, I'd say. Yeah, it's interesting when you've got a business and then you're actually paying in employees and actually you're paying their mortgage, not paying the mortgage directly, but it through the, the salary. Uh, you've got responsibility now haven't you, in terms of a uh, number of people that depend on your your business. And that's interesting how that can change us. But how can we, and you're starting to do that now in terms of thinking you've got a bit too safe, how can you maintain that mindset for the appetite for risk and, and, and sort of, I guess, trying to keep innovating and doing new stuff to completely expand, but also have that, I suppose, the other sort of... Um, thought of you know, the sustainability of your own business as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I do think a big part of it is the word you mentioned earlier, which is self-awareness and knowing why you're doing things or why you're not doing things. And I think a lot of the reason we don't take risk is almost because people don't want to deal with the responsibility that's on the other side of risk going well. Because if you take a risk and it comes off, that's not the end of it. You've probably got a lot more responsibility than to deal with because you've mm. built something bigger or you've you've done more that you've, you've put more on your plate. And a lot of the time it's easier to say, oh no, that won't work. No, we won't do that. We won't do that because it feels safe, but also you're, you're reducing your workload and stress in the future in your mind in a way. Mm. Um, and the off chance it does go well. And so I think knowing that and, and, Spotting when you're doing that to yourself. Of, is it the case I don't want to take the risk, or is it that I don't really want what's on the other side of the success as much as I think I do? Um, is is the helpful tool to have? And then the other thing for me, which I will keep in mind all the time now, and have done for a few years, is that kind of um, saying of "this too shall pass" that you might have heard of before, mm. and it's it's that case of 
you know, you could take this risk and it could go incredibly well and you're on top of the world and, oh my God, you made all this money, you got these clients, whatever, or it could go horrifically wrong and you lose some money, you lose some clients, the business takes five steps back. But it's knowing that regardless of which situation you're in, that's going to pass. You're not going to be on top of the world forever knowing all the answers. That's temporary. And as mm. is the failure. But mm. you're still further along than you were before you did the thing. And that's that upside, that gain in any way that you look at it. So it's just knowing that the outcome isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all um, of it. And just kind of keeping that in mind as well. For me, it's how I try and look at things like risk and progression at the moment is um, more in that sense than anything else. Yeah, that's a really important point, actually, is we often get caught up with outcomes, goals, whatever it is, and and that's that's what it's all about. But actually, that's the bit you can't control, uh, whether we think we can control it, we can't control it. Um, and actually focusing on the, the, the process piece, which is where you often learn and develop whether you achieve your account outcome or not, or the outcome gets bigger, better, whatever it may be along the way, um, there's still a, a learning. But I also like that, that thinking where you said that, you know, you take a risk that could grow your business, then you've got that thinking of your responsibility increases as well. And that's interesting to to think about that, having that almost sustainable mindset to keep this going, if it keeps going bigger and bigger uh, as well. And you talked about you know, things sort of failing. Can, can you share as within your current business, a particular failure or setback uh, that you had and just what did you learn from that and how did you sort of navigate through it? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think I think for us, the, the biggest failures that, that the challenges we've had to learn from is just is pure inexperience a lot of the time. It's coming up against things where we weren't, we weren't able to, we didn't know what we didn't know. And um, that was the really hard bit. And I think that, you know, you look at, you get to a stage of a pitch or you get to the stage of, of, a, of a process where actually if you were bigger and more experienced, you'd know what to do next and how that works. And because you don't, you end up falling back. And we've had that in new business scenarios where we've worked really hard to get to that point. And we may have then just pitched in totally the wrong way or said the wrong thing, not understood the, the politics or the nuances at play. And so to overcome that, you know, one of my biggest focuses is, is just meeting people all the time and talking to people, having conversations that are much more further progressed than you and not being afraid to reach out to someone who's done really well and say, look, I'm really impressed with what you've done. This is incredible. I saw you had this client on board or you built out this process that was very different. Um, you know, is there any chance I could take you for a coffee or have a chat with you? I'm really interested in what you've done. And it's brilliant because Nine times out of ten, again, the thing with being young, we were nervous that the industry would be quite um, closed and no one wants to talk to anyone else. But everyone's so open, even when you're 17, 18, up to where we are now, they just want to help each other. And it's the thing of passing it on. And I think the, the biggest setback for us was just not knowing stuff and not knowing what we don't know and and then therefore meeting the right people to help with that. I know that getting a mentor for my business partner, Reese has been a huge, change in um in our operational structure because he's coo and his job is the processes and we were falling behind a lot on processes and, and structure in the organization as to how we go about things and if he hadn't have got the mentor he's got now he we as a business would be so far behind but he's then taken the initiative to find that person build the relationship implement the changes 
so I think the the way we overcome that is yeah just being constantly open to the fact that you've got so little knowledge in the grand scheme of what's out there in the universe that to not be naive enough now to think that you, you might know anywhere near enough um, and just keep pushing on and meeting people who are further along than you I think it's not necessarily a specific moment that I'd pick out of that I think there's mm-hmm. quite a few of them in various different areas of the business but um, yeah just the openness to learn is I think so key to overcoming almost any challenge really um, especially in, in business and has, has that increased your appetite for that sort of personal development side of things? The fact that you you seek out other people and try and sort of learn from them by having taken them for a coffee, is that, is that your way of, I guess, developing you and, I guess, filling in those sort of blind spots and areas where you need to develop? Definitely, yeah. And I, I think also, we, you know, certainly for personal development in terms of a skills level and and where I need to focus my time to learn, but also and, and what's probably potentially equally as important is, is the mindset of everything. And, you know, there's, there's things people say to you in meetings with, with that type of person that you want to reach out to and they say stuff to you. And you just think that is so true. And, and you just take that with you forever. And there's been moments where, um, you know, it's been really tough where numbers are down. We've lost the biggest client or uh, we've not made the sales we needed this month to, to grow. And, it's hard and then you can look back on those and think you know what no that's absolutely true i'm looking at this to um you know small scope on the day-to-day there's a bigger plan at play here and one of the things someone said to me before was you know when you're running a business there will be times when you stood there on the edge looking out of the abyss and you're just sort of going i've not got a clue what to do next where we're going what the next move is and how it could possibly work he said but the fact that you've taken the next step forward into that regardless off the edge of that is the challenge and the test to see if you deserve what's on the other side of it because everyone else has turned back and gone, nope, done, that's not for me. But if you take that next step, that's the test. That On the other side of that is where the benefits will lie. And so it's, you know, things like that when we get in those situations, I think, you know what, it's the, you know, the test for do we want what's on the other side enough and are we going to get it? We've got to take this step if we want to earn it. Um, and you know, yeah, you do find people with um, incredible advice, and uh, and and that's what's for me. The more of that I get, the bigger my appetite gets for things like personal development because it's uh, you know, that positive feedback you just know is working. You can see the difference day to day, and it's yeah, it's invaluable. I think. And what, when you are faced with, like you said, you know, you lose a big client or numbers are a bit low this month which, you know, starts to sharpen your mind because of you got to pay salaries and things like that. What do you do in that moment? Where is your mindset and and your your how you navigate that as as a as two directors? What, what what goes on in those discussions and to try and get through it? I mean, do you have any sort of things you've learned, hacks, or uh, has that got better over time in terms of managing that? Do you get less thrown by things or do you still get a little bit thrown by things? Yeah, I think one of the key things, in, in my opinion at least, is, is managing the panic that you can get yourself into um, and the anxiety that you can you can build up pretty quickly when you're in that situation because you'll end up doing something then that that's you know um, rash and, and doesn't help the situation at all. You might call all of your clients and ask them if they've got a project for you and 
you actually sound quite desperate when you do it. You're not doing it from a calm point of view. And you go, do you any, any chance you've got 100 pounds spare budget, anything you can, it's not going to help you. You might end up losing them because you sound like your, your business is going under tomorrow. So don't panic, you know, be, be, uh, you say sharpened, be wary that you need to do something, but don't panic. And then the other side of the coin is, is don't stop your consistency. If you've been consistently doing your marketing for six months or whatever, don't feel like you need to throw the baby out of the bathwater, if you like, and change everything. Um, maybe it needs a realignment, a bit of steer or something new or something taken away, but don't rip everything else out that you've been working consistently on to grow because it could be next month that that has the big payoff for you. So looking at all of that, um, and then another thing which I really like in a way that I try and, again, frame things for myself is um, I've had anxieties for, for God knows, I think all my life, but um, it's very easy to get yourself into these situations where you just start to really go around the twist with it. But there was a TED talk around framing anxiety as your mind and your body getting you ready um, for that fight or flight and getting you ready to perform better. Your heart rate's going up. There's more blood going to the important places. Your brain's working quicker. You know, you're getting ready to do something um, and, and to kind of uh, attack the situation rather than trying to fight against that and just letting it happen and working with it. And I think, again, for me, that's been quite important, especially with things like uh, public speaking, that really helps uh, framing it that way. But yeah, I think there's, there's a lot you can do. I think hacks depends on the situation. Um, but for me, keeping consistency has been so important and not throwing that out just because things are tough right now. Um, make sure that you keep that underlying beat of the, of the business running. Mm-hmm. But maybe you do need to do something different um, in the short term. Yeah, I like the whole the reframing. I do love that with clients where yeah, you get that nervousness for a presentation and instead of labeling it as labeling that feeling as nervousness, just label it as excitement. So I'm excited about presenting. And it just it just switches it to a more positive point of view uh, rather than getting all more nervous. <laughs> so um yeah. yes, it is important to to reframe because we get feelings. We're we're people who get feelings and you know, sometimes we can calm them down. We can we can do things to to mitigate it, but actually, sometimes you just got to embrace it and just but but label it in a more positive frame of mind uh, that could really help you moving forward. Uh, when you look back so over the last I don't know four or five years, which is predominantly your main your business main business, mm. is there anything you would do differently based on what you know now? Because you said before, you know, you we know what we know. That's that's so true. Um, and so, what would you look back and go actually? I would have done this differently. It might not be anything, but just be interesting to understand if you sort of thought back, is there anything I could do differently? Yeah, I think my my opinion on that, myself at least, and for the business we're in, would be to stop trying to be all things to all people, especially at the start. I know, I know it's easy to take on anything and everything, and everybody's probably heard this before, but knowing what you do and who you do it for, and really nailing that down. Of course, you can have some flex on that. You don't have to work with, you know, um, businesses of two people and they both have to be called John and they both have to be based in this postcode. That's, you know, overkill. But finding your area that you love to work in, you're good at, that is potential in, 
and then sticking through that and learning what to say no to because that's not what's going to benefit you. We're in a very word of mouth industry. Nobody trusts the marketing of a marketing agency. So we don't really do a lot of um, kind of the same stuff we would do for for an e-commerce website and, and publishing and promoting that brand, for example. And I think, yeah, it's, it's the work you do take on is going to become your reputation. So make sure you take on the stuff that you're going to excel in and do really well in and that people can remember you for and you will probably have slower growth, potentially not, but we would have had, I imagine, slower growth at the start because of our lack of network. But then we would have probably seen more of a hockey stick graph as we went into that industry and that sector for those businesses with a specific service and and, mm. and approach to it. And I think it's that specialization piece, especially in digital agency world where you can spin up a website on Squarespace for tomorrow for £100 and tell the world you're a digital marketer. There are no barriers to entry. There's hundreds of thousands of us and there's hundreds of thousands of cowboys as well that no one knows who to trust. And it's all about word of mouth. So I think specializing would have done that for us quicker. We mm-hmm. would have grown better. And so that's certainly something I would have looked more into. We're, we're much more in that performance marketing and web space now. We do paid ads on search and social. We build and design the websites that generate the leads and conversions. And it's, it's that straightforward. The techniques involved, uh, you know, psychology led marketing, data analysis, CRO that can get into the nitty gritty later. But those are the things we offer. We don't do. SEO ourselves. We've got partners who are great and we'll, we'll send you their way. We've got partners for um that's various different things you can't even think, but we'll send that to them because that's what they do and that's what they're good at. So this is almost like niching, really, isn't it? Early on, almost find your your niche, find your area of A, who you want to serve, but also your expertise and, and specialise a little bit more. Exactly. And that's that's how you own the market. You know, you, you look at People like Apple, there's no alternative to them that's as good, that's as trusted, that's as reputable in making phones that connect people better. And so they can charge what they want. They charge ludicrous amounts. And the same happens in the industry. If you're up against someone else for the same contract and they specialize in the area, they've done that specific industry and that specific service for 10 years, they've got all the case studies, they'll charge more than you and still win the bid. And so that's why I think for me, it's it's so important to be in that thing. Mm, definitely. And for those who are who are listening who are either, you know, uh, you know, young potential budding entrepreneurs or even might be older but wanted to start a new business uh right now from 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 nothing, what what would be your advice based on your own experience? I think there's there's two points that probably tie into the same really. And the first one is again something I had to be self-aware of um, over time where I was letting perfection be the enemy of of good and great and I just wasn't doing anything. I was I was trying to get everything perfect before I made a move and took that risk. As I say, we were getting a bit comfortable and I was just trying to make sure any risk we did take was so mitigated. And I think it's just do the thing, get to a point and just do it because the benefits are more so on on the outcome on the other side rather than you wasting your time trying to scheme and plot every possible outcome yourself you just don't know yet so get started it's really simple but it is that just make it make a connection start a conversation write an email do something um to start moving forwards and then the, the point along with that really is that 
you know, the odds of you doing well just by starting, if you've got, I mean, 90% of people have an idea and will never do anything with it. So you've already beaten them. You're all just by doing that first thing. And then if you're really committed to it and you're willing to go through it and you've, you've got the mentality for it, 5% of that 10% that were left are probably rubbish at what they're doing or they don't care enough. And as you go, people start to drop out because they just didn't want the stress and it wasn't what I thought it would be. And before you know it, you're already in 2-3% of people left doing it. You've beaten 98% of people by starting and being consistent for a while. And that, for me, that's so exciting because you just open up the possibilities massively mm. for yourself. And I think it's keeping that in mind as well, looking at that bigger picture and just get started and be consistent for a while and give it some time and see what happens. And, and you're probably leaps and bounds ahead of most people by that point. Mm, absolutely. Um, it's it's great hearing your story, Carl, and it's great to hear your keep going. You keep developing yourself and uh, you face those challenges as we all do, uh, but uh, navigate it and uh, sort of use that, uh, all those learnings from, from the past to help you, uh, which is really great. And I'm really, thank you for, for, for sharing that. Um, if people want to sort of connect with you and get to know you, uh, what's the best way of doing that? Sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot. Um, if you just search Carl Hewitt. And uh, additionally, if you want to drop me an email, of course, it's just carl at hewittmatthews.co.uk. And um, I'll jump straight on that. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Carl. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you like this episode, then please rate, review and share it with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, I coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions, and I will help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.